inside, Kempe dishes in front, another sliding catch saved by Flurry, this time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity, Lizana sliding, catch save, Robin Leonard, what a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Let's get right into it. Uh, bring in Greg Wyshynski from ESPN, ESPN.com, uh, covering the National Hockey League. And it's been a wild few days in Manhattan around the New York Rangers uh, from the series with the Washington Capitals and what went down with Tom Wilson and then the subsequent statement by the New York Rangers, which uh, then gave way to uh, change in management and uh, the general manager and the president of the hockey team to the naming of a new uh, general manager. Uh, there's a lot to uh, get into here, Darren Millard, along with Ryan Wallace. And Wish, uh, how would you describe the last few days around the New York Rangers? <laughs> uh, chaotic. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I think I've written more about the Rangers in the last, like, 48 hours than anyone has in 1994. <laughs> uh, so it's it's been real great. Um, no, it's been really chaotic. I mean, obviously, starting with the Tom Wilson stuff on Monday, uh, the, the, the statement on Tuesday, all of a sudden Jeff Gordon and, and uh, John Davidson uh, are out of a job on Wednesday. Uh, and then, you know, Chris Drury holds his press conference on Thursday. And then by the end of Thursday, uh, you know, James Dolan and the, and the Rangers are uh, $250,000 light in the wallet uh, because the National Hockey League frowns upon uh, their teams calling for the uh, – heads of executives within the league. So, yeah, it's been real action-packed, I think, this week uh, around Broadway. I, I was shocked that it was only 250 k I was anticipating a million, maybe even more. And why I went that way was the New Jersey Devils were fined $3 million for circumventing the salary cap with Ilya Kovalchuk's contract uh, then and draft picks as well. And the New Jersey Devils, back in 1988, were fined a million dollars when the whole Don Koharski, Jim Schoenfeld incident blew up. And that was in 1988. $250,000 to me was nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it's jump change. Uh, but, yeah. you know, it's sort of in keeping with some of the other fines that we've seen uh, in the last decade. I mean, I, I wrote a bit, a bit about them uh, today on ESPN. Uh, you had Doug Wilson getting fined uh, $100,000 when the San Jose Sharks uh, disagreed with the league suspending Rafi Torres for a round of the playoffs. You had uh, Dean Lombardi. I'd forgotten about this one. Dean Lombardi getting fined $50,000 for criticizing a goal review uh, that didn't go the L.A. Kings way. At the time, he said that Mike Murphy, uh, a VP of hockey operations for the NHL, uh, may, have, may be biased against the Kings because Lombardi got the job that he was chasing, which is just amazing. To I don't remember that. that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it was great. Real, real hardcore snark from Lombardi. So that was only 50K, and the other one was 100K, and this, uh, this one obviously gets, gets up to 250K, which, by the way, I, I, uh, I reached out to the league on this because I, I, I was interested. Uh, there's obviously been a lot of discussion this week about the, the fine that Wilson got only being $5,000. Any time it's a fine of $5,000, it's a joke, and you know, it's no secret that the league would love to raise the cap on the amount of, fine, amount of money they can find players. Uh, the NHLPA obviously uh, doesn't want to do that. Um, 
But there is no cap. Like you said, there is no cap on the amount of money that the NHL could have asked from the Rangers uh, for, for uh, speaking out of turn about George Peros. Uh, I don't know how they ended up on two, uh, 250K, but uh, that's where they ended up. Greg Wyshynski is with us. ESPN.com covers the National Hockey League. Joining us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. So, Greg, like when you look at this entire week for the Rangers, Tom Wilson, the NHL, like where does the responsibility fall? Like, like who who kind of bears the most responsibility over how this week unfolded? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, and, and it really. It really is going to depend on who you ask, right? I mean, you know, if you ask the Rangers, and, and I think Ryan Strom kind of touched on this last night uh, in his postgame comments, it was the NHL not suspending Tom Wilson that led to the circus that we saw uh, last night with the six fights in four minutes and, and 41 seconds. Um, so, you know, that, that's the Rangers' view of it. Uh, I take a different tact. Uh, I didn't think that what Wilson did in that instance was a suspendable offense. I, I do think it's one that probably uh, could have been handled better with a larger fine if the NHL Department of Player Safety was permitted to give one. Um, but, you know, like I said on, on, online, like it felt like one of those deals where people don't like Tom Wilson and people understand that he's an injurious player and we're all anticipating the next time that the Department of Player Safety throws the book at him. But you can't will something into existence that shouldn't right. be a suspension. and. And, you know, the thing that the word that the NHL used when I spoke to them about the, the, the incident was commonplace. And then, you know, the next night you get a wrestling match between Sidney Crosby and Travis Konechny. Last night yeah. with, the, with the Knights and, and the Wild, you see, you know, gloved punches and guys getting thrown to the ice. The thing that happened with Tom Wilson happens all the time. The idea that you're going to make that a suspendable offense because of who it, who it was, I just think is, is a bad precedent. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know if last night – I think last night could have been avoidable if, if he was suspended, um, but I still think there would have been some, some malarkey going on, and I also think that the next time that Tom Wilson stepped on the ice against the Rangers, he still would have gotten yeah. his comeuppance from, from that team. Uh, listen, I don't think it was a suspendable act either. Uh, I, we are totally on the same page as, as that, and I believe Ryan is somewhat in the same boat. Uh, on that, but I'll, I'll let him speak for himself for a change. But the the idea <laughs> that there's like three fights off a puck drop in a game, and none of the three fights involve Tom Wilson was ludicrous. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you on that. You know, the the interesting thing about last night, um, you know, we've all seen these situations before, where uh, you know somebody injures a, a player. Uh, the next game that those two teams play, that guy becomes public enemy number one. Sometimes you get fights off the face-off because of how much pressure has been built up between the teams. Then eventually, you know, public enemy number one has to, you know, answer for his uh, transgressions in a fight. But once we got to fights number five and six last night, <laughs> it was like, all right, this is not the yeah. normal course of, of events that you see in these types of games. So, at first, I thought it was the Rangers kind of uh, acting up and, and embarrassing the NHL on national television by turning the game into a gong show under five minutes into it. But in asking around and thinking about it a little bit more, I think it's related to the statement. I think I what too. we saw last night, where we had six fights in that game, is related to the owner of the team coming out and you know 
putting out the statement that that he did, and uh, and and kind of indicating, listen, you know, you're, we should we should knuckle up, you know, we should toughen up, we should we should take matters into our own hands, and uh, more than a few guys that dropped the gloves last night are looking for contracts. That's all I'm going to say. The the insinuation of the firings of JD and uh, Jeff Gordon because the team wasn't tough enough and wasn't able to answer the bell physically against the New York Islanders previously and then against Tom Wilson, spoke directly to what you just said. Correct, yeah. And, you know, the firings of, of Wilson and J.D. are, I'm sorry, of Gordon, rather, and J.D. are really interesting. Um, you know, I asked Glenn Sather today during the Drury press conference if they had anything to do with the letter. Uh, he went on the record and said it, it didn't. I think that's been one of the things that's been floating around the league. There's also been uh, in the echo chamber of the NHL this theory that you know Dolan wanted to fire Gordon, JD didn't agree with it, and then they were both gone. Uh, I had somebody around the Rangers say that may not necessarily be the case, um, but it's definitely kind of the urban legend right now. Yeah, I wouldn't NHL rule that one out, it. Greg. I wouldn't rule that one yeah. out. So, so, but the one thing that you come back to though with this situation is what you just said. It is James Dolan. Um, who wields all the power in that organization, uh, not being satisfied with where the team is, you know, not being satisfied with the way they answered the Islanders and the Capitals, not being satisfied with being outside the playoffs and, and having a high-priced roster, not being satisfied with being a few years into the rebuild and, and not seeing enough progress. And, and the other part about it, too, I was talking to somebody in the league today. When you, when you build up Chris Drury, as the Rangers have, you know, not allowing him to interview other places. Drury himself not interviewing other places. The Rangers giving him a raise and a fancy title, associate general manager, just to keep him around. You keep building this guy up and building this guy up and building this guy up if you're Jeff Gordon. At some point, the owner is going to be like, why don't we just make this guy the GM? <laughs> you know, if, if I don't like you and I don't like the job you're doing necessarily, and this is the golden boy, well, let's just give it to the golden boy. And I, and I wouldn't be shocked if ultimately that's part of what we saw this week. So, Greg, you're a Rangers fan, right? Like, you you kind of unpack this week. How do you view the future? How do you feel good about being a fan of this club after the last 72 hours? Well, first of all, I'm a Devils fan, so my, no, 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 my I, feeling I, on this team is that they should be contracted, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was more philosophical no, listen, than anything. I think I think I think well here's what I think. I think Gordon shouldn't have been fired. Um, but I understand that ultimately that's his performance may not be the reason he's going. I mean if if you're if the boss doesn't like the guy and thinks that they can do better than where they are, it doesn't really matter what's happened this season. And what's happened this season if you look into it. I mean first of all it's a freaky covid season of of 56 games. Um, the Rangers are last in the National Hockey League in uh, uh, wins and losses in one-goal games. So that's a, that's a funny bounce or a weird goal away from, you know, being in a totally different place in the standings than they are. Uh, I think he did a really good job building up this team with some smart trades. He ran into a lot of good luck uh, winning the lottery twice and having Adam Fox, Artemi Panarin, and Jacob Truba all decide they wanted to be Rangers. I mean, other teams don't have that advantage. So what this all leads to is that Chris Drury is a very smart man for not going to Buffalo and not going to Pittsburgh and not going to Florida or any of the other places that had openings and, and maybe were 
in the in the want of a, a Chris Drury to be the general manager because he is set up with the best prospect pipeline in the league and a team that is primed to contend for the playoffs next season. I'm with you. The the idea that Jeff Gordon and and later John Davidson and I'll admit I'm I'm friend with John Davidson so um I'll put that out there but they went through the the pain of having to put out the letter and whether you agree with the letter that says Ranger fans look we're going to tear this thing down we're going to rebuild it that was controversial at the time the Rangers should never be doing this because they were blah 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 they did it uh they they made trades that worked. They made free agent signings uh, that worked. And, yeah, some of those players wanted to be New York Rangers, but they still found a way to to pay Panarin, who's worked out, and uh, Truba and, and Fox. Uh, and also had to manage the departure of Henrik Lundqvist, which was delicate to say the least. And they even made that work. And they get through it. And next year's supposed to be their time to challenge for a playoff spot, not this goofy year in which they're placed in one of the toughest divisions. Uh, I think it's, it's highly unfair of, of what happened to them. Oh, I agree. And, and, I, and I think the division part of this is important too. Like you, you could not find a, a person uh, before the season that had the Rangers cemented into their top four in the East. Um, at best, they're fifth uh, behind, you know, four other teams, mostly they're sixth because a lot of people had Washington, Pittsburgh, Boston, uh, the Islanders and, and Philly ahead Philly, of them. Yeah. So, yeah, they're not. They weren't ready to make the leap. Even Chris Drury said that today in a very kind of confusing press conference. He said, uh, "It was the expectation this season wasn't to make the playoffs, and then you don't make the playoffs, and then you're like, all right, so why are we firing the general manager then? If 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 he didn't, I mean, he kind of met expectations by not by missing the playoffs. I mean, Dolan, Dolan wanted more to happen during the trade deadline. He thought they should have gone all in." Yeah, which is dumb. I mean, like, it's, it wasn't the right year for it. I, I, I wrote about this today on, on ESPN.com in my column. Sloan said he's going to win this race. And every single, almost every single time the New York Rangers have taken a methodical build uh, of, of, a, of a team and then put the pedal down to accelerate it, it's led to terrible decisions, like bad contracts, regrettable signings, um, you know, bad trades for high-priced veterans. I don't know if it's going to necessarily be the same thing this time because I do think that Drury is going to build on what they were already doing. He's, he's an architect of it as, as much as anybody. Um, but it is a little disconcerting that this, this slow build from the rebuild letter through this season that, like you said, had sort of blanket endorsement from Rangers fans that they were doing the right thing for once uh, now may become something different because James Dolan is impatient. A couple of minutes left with Greg Wyshynski on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. So in, in looking at the Rangers and, and really kind of the, the answer to the letter of, of not being tough enough, what, what changes do you expect for this club come next season? <laughs> it's a great question. I mean, what is toughness ultimately for this team? Um, you know, I, I think they're about a year away from doing some of the things that we've seen teams do, like the Tampa Bay Lightning, like going out and finding their Pat Maroon type, for example, mm-hmm. somebody who's won before and can, you know, be a, a, a tough guy uh, down your lineup. Uh, but that could be the kind of player that they're in the market for to add to this team, like a sort of a rings in the room, but also can, uh, uh, you know, go out there and throw the body and, and maybe throw the fists if necessary, necessary as well. So. You know, there are, there are going to be a number of, of options out there like that. But the real question for me right now is, 
you know, Chris Drury said today that it's going to be, you know, incremental improvements to this team, like nothing that's going to be too dramatic. But it's really hard to square that with the idea that you have this incredible bounty of prospects and picks. The Buffalo Sabres may have to put Jack Eichel on the market if he decides he doesn't want to play there anymore. The Rangers are obviously a place he'd play. Um, is that a move they ultimately make, and is that a move they ultimately should make if it costs them too much of some of their better younger players? I don't know. But, but I do think that that's, you know, when you start to think about the, the things the Rangers do when they start to, you know, uh, you know get the Jimmy legs <laughs> and, 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 and start to uh, really uh, want to, you know, press forward with something and get impatient, um, that's the kind of move that this franchise makes. Well, if Glenn Sather's back with influence and doing more than just consulting, then that's the kind of move that they will make because that's that's the slats, right? Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, I, I think he'll work with Drury. I think I think I think Drury might have the helm for the GM job. I think that Slats is there to kind of shepherd him through the president mm-hmm. role, which was bestowed upon him as well. Um, but we'll see where it goes. I mean, again, like I, most of the people I talked to in the league this week said the same thing about the situation, which is that. It's shocking until you get to the point that you remember it's James Dolan, and yeah. and once you once you uh, inject uh, that uh, element of chaos uh, into your proceedings, then then all bets are off about what your team may end up doing. Is it good, like the the amount of publicity and attention that the New York Rangers and I don't know how you track mentions. Uh, uh, there's there's other people that do all that and put a dollar value on on the amount of discussion online that's being made about a team. Uh, it, it's got to be significant though with the New York Rangers this week. Is it kind of a a good week at all? Well, I mean, it was good for me. I got on Sports Center twice, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I uh, saw that. You know, listen. I, I I think I think I think there's some good and bad to this. Anytime you get one of your flagship franchises in the news. Um, and especially a, a team based in New York, it, it's it's obviously a good thing. I mean, it, it is it is they they're the talk of the hockey world right now, and and it's crossing over into the sports world because of what happened on Monday and what happened on Wednesday. Now, the Monday Wednesday part's the tougher thing to figure out because, you know, I, I struggle with this with this guys about remembering that there are fans watching today's product that came to the game. Um, either as new fans or just because they were of, of that age, that came to the game after the 05 lockout. Like, mm-hmm. we have an entire generation of fans right now that only know this form of the NHL. So while we look at Wednesday and say, oh, this is just how things are done, and, and you know, this isn't too, too out of the ordinary, you have fans that have been watching the sport for like the last eight years, and maybe in Vegas, much shorter than that, that are looking at this and being like, what a circus. Like, who would want to watch this sport <laughs> if this is what happens? Either because they don't like what happened Monday or they don't like what happened Wednesday. So does it help the NHL? Well, it certainly puts their name out in circulation, but ultimately it may not be to attract new people. It may, to be, it may be to repel new people. Well, if it happens again, it's bad. If it's a one-off, I'm okay with it. But oh, I, it, it can't, it can't last night again. was incredible. Yeah, like it was incredible. Like you had all this circus stuff going on at the beginning of the game, and then you had it wrapped around one of the true amazing human interest stories that we've had in the league in a long time, which is TJ Oshie yeah. tallying a hat trick in this first game back after his dad died. Like th- that's the NHL in a nutshell. Like you, you accept all of the circus stuff sometimes, 
And then you remember, like, why we watch this game is to see these incredible emotional moments involving the players at play. And, and uh, you know, I, I know that you know, there were people that were repulsed by what happened in that game. And, and I defy them to tell me that that wasn't, like, three hours of incredible drama yeah. and, and entertainment that we consumed last night. I'd have a real issue of having to fight uh, somebody else that didn't have anything to do with the, the play. I got the opening face-off. I have an issue with that. But the rest of it, ah, let's giddy up and go. Cowboy up, uh, yippee ki <laughs> uh, Do you get nervous when you go on SportsCenter? Uh, yeah, it's a different vibe. I mean, mm-hmm. when I do Daily Wager, it's easy because I'm just talking about, like, you know, bets and stuff. When I go on SportsCenter, i got to be Johnny Journalist. You know, <laughs> it's, a different, it's a different hat i got to wear. <laughs> um, it's, it's, like, kind of scripted, but every now and then the anchor will throw, throw you a, a little side one. Did you get any of those this week? Well, the, the change-up I got was I really thought we were going to end up talking a lot more about the fights, and then all of a sudden we, we started talking a bit more about Oshi, And uh, <laughs> it made me happy like that yeah. they were highlighting that part of the game, but I thought it was just going to be you know blood and guts the whole time. But, no, it's been great, and, and I think that um, you know the, the fact that it, that it does get that kind of attention, like you said, it could be a good thing, could be a bad thing, but it's undeniable that when we do see these flashpoints of violence in an inherently violent game, it still is that thing that breaks breaks through the the you know cacophony of other sports and, and gives hockey that moment for better or for worse. Do you and Emily Kaplan have more say in Sports Center now because you got the rights? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're in charge of programming now. Uh, it's incredible. Um, there's, there's, I'm just uh, 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 Tuesday nights is just all lumberjack competitions now on ESPN. Um, I miss I miss watching them, so I decided that's what we're going to do now from now on. What's the angle, Millard? Uh, what's What's the angle? Yeah, what are you what are you working on? What are you What's your angle? Nothing. I'm 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 happy. I wishes put in time, man. He's put in time uh, at, at ESPN and put in time before that. And I think it's awesome that they have the rights and that he's going to be featured more often. It, it wasn't meant to be uh, a shot at all. I'm, I'm pumped for him. I think it's great that he's on, on SportsCenter. I, I'm, I'm, I'm apologizing if that came on, uh, across as, uh, no, as no, snarky. I, no, I, I completely get it, man. Like, yeah. it's, listen, it's a brave new world. I mean, you know, people have been asking me for the last couple months, like, what's, what's it like now? And, you know it's no, it's no secret that like when you become a rights holder and your, your, you know, network gets more invested. I mean, you saw this Millard, yeah. your network gets more invested in, in, in the product than a lot of, you know, no's become maybes and they start becoming yeses on things. you right. want to do. It's a really exciting time, especially for, you know, me and Emily and others that have, uh, have been there for a, for a bit and, and have just like endless ideas on, on how to make this thing fun for the next seven years. I think you walk in there and you say, I want Tariko's old office. <laughs> that's that's the way that conversation starts. Just, right. When we get past work from home, I'll definitely <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely you know put in put in the word. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm happy for you though. I I really am. And uh, thanks for doing this today. Appreciate you shedding some some uh, opinion uh, from a league perspective, a little wider lens on it. Uh, and uh, enjoy and stay safe. Anytime, thanks. Be good. There's Greg Wyshynski from ESPN, ESPN.com. Uh, before we go, I'm going to tease this. Uh, on the other side, One Timers is going to feature a reenactment of the conversation that Chris Chapman had with Greg Wyshynski when he called him. <laughs> and you and I are going to play the roles on that, okay, uh, Wallace? So let's, let's yes. practice during the commercial break, and then we'll bring the audience the reenactment of Chris Chapman in his true brilliance 
uh, calling up Greg Wyshynski at the start of that segment. Uh, that's all coming up. It's one-timers on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Brought to the near wing. Big shot and he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. We have one heck of a weekend coming up uh, for hockey in the Las Vegas Valley. We'll get into that in just uh, a little bit. One-timers, news notes from around the hockey world, including the NHL. But we start off this particular segment with a reenactment uh, from what happened in, earlier in hour number two, in which point uh, Chris Chapman, operator for the VGK Insider Show and sometimes uh, contributor to the VGK Insider Show, uh, dialed up Greg Wyshynski uh, on the phone to get him ready for the segment and uh, just wanted to bring people a little bit of behind the behind the curtain uh, experience of what really does take place. So, Ryan Wallace, you play Chris Chapman, and okay. I will play Greg Wyshynski, and we'll pretend that, uh, that the phone starts. So, ring, 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 ring. Hello? Greg? Yeah, who do you expect? Well, to be oh, fair... Yeah. Greg, Greg Wyshynski? Yeah, it's me. You Greg dialed Wyshynski? me. You dialed me. Uh, you... you know, that's a fair point. Um, I just I didn't expect you to answer because it, it didn't ring. Well, you still dialed me, so you thought I would answer the phone, right? <laughs> I, I, that's not yeah, how that's the conversation a, Again, that's a, that's a fair point. I'm, I'm actually, I'm out of excuses. I was just surprised that you answered. Well, who did you think you were phoning? Greg Wyshynski. And I answered the phone. Greg Wyshynski. You guys are taking yes. a lot of liberties with this conversation. Yes. So Man, what, what, I, uh, I, feel, I feel badly right now. Why don't you just um, put me on with Millard and, and Wallace? I, I'm going to put you on hold. Okay, thanks. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. That is not how it went down. Okay, you explained <laughs> how, how it went down. So I dialed the number, and there was Who's Greg? Num- who's, who's, num- who's number? Greg Wyshynski's number. Okay, you dialed Greg Wyshynski's yes. number. There okay. was literally no ring. Okay. And he just answered the phone. Hello, I was like, Greg. And he's Greg? like, he's like, yeah, Greg. Yeah. He knew who he knew who it was. He's like, hey, what's up, man? I was like, I was like, hey, uh, how are you? And then Darren chirps in. He goes, goes, what were you surprised that he answered the phone? Were you surprised <laughs> well, that you're you calling? You did sound like you were well, surprised. Yeah, it was I Greg. was, I was surprised that he answered so quickly because there was no ring. So if it wasn't Greg, who did you think it was going to be? Well, it's not that I was surprised that it was Greg. It was that I was surprised that the way that it just. He answered without there being a ring. Greg, <laughs> Chapman, what do you like uh, when you watch horror movies? I don't. I because am, if you're surprised by this, I could only imagine. I am not a fan of horror movies. However, before I came into work today, Killer Clowns from Outer Space was on, and uh-huh. I, I, I'll, I'm not going to lie and say I watched it. it. It's one of those stupid movies that when it's on, I, I kind of like it. So I watch that terrible, terrible clown. Killer clowns from outer space. Yeah, <laughs> who would have thought that the clowns were so bad? Wow. Uh, so there, there, ladies and gentlemen, is just a little peek behind the curtain of what we all have to deal with, and uh, that's why I know when the guest isn't there right away, I know the guest is really there because something's happening behind the scenes because it always does with Chapman and uh, the various contributors to our show. Uh, single game tickets are remaining for the. Uh, home games for the Henderson Silver Knights, including the Fortress game on Saturday. Uh, we have uh, new locations being released. Tickets just $19 at the Orleans Arena, and then the game on Saturday at the 
Fortress. This is great. Tomorrow night's the VGK against the St. Louis Blues. Huge game. Four games left for the uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. And then on Saturday, Wallace, one yep. o'clock is the HSK against the San Jose Barracuda. One o'clock game, AHL game. Then they clear out the rink, and then they load everybody back in for the seven o'clock start. Vegas Golden Knights against the uh, St. Louis Blues. So it's a day-night doubleheader at the Fortress, and then three games in less than two days. That's, yeah, it's, that is awesome this weekend. It's fantastic, and it's exactly what I think we all expected or, or were hoping for when uh, the NHL came to Las Vegas. And here we are living in a world in which there are three games at T-Mobile Arena in less than 24 hours, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be really, really awesome to take in this entire weekend in hockey in Las Vegas. And maybe you can't get to a, a VGK game. Tickets yeah. $19 to go to the Fortress. Check out the Fortress this year and watch the, the Henderson Silver Knights. I said this to somebody the other day because tickets $19, yeah, as low as $19. That's cheaper than, mm. than a babysitter. Like that's, Oh, for sure. Take your kid, yeah. uh, provide some entertainment, enjoy the uh, the town crier, and have some fun at the HSK and watch uh, one of the best teams uh, in the American Hockey League, and then uh, go for dinner, enjoy the strip, and come back and, and go to the Vegas Golden Knights. Two, two games in one day. It's awesome. Yeah. And I, it's in Las Vegas. I'll say this. Like, for $19, I, I would, I would uh, that like, the town crier is worth the, the price of admission there, and... Uh, just a thought, Chapman. Get the town crier on the show soon because he's too awesome to to pass up and not have on the show. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, nineteen bucks. You you get into T-Mobile Arena, you get to watch uh, some awesome hockey on the ice, and you get to just really be in the building and take in the game. Like it's awesome. Wallace, go ring, ring, yep. ring, ring, yeah, ring, hello? ring, ring, ring. Uh, crier. Crier? <laughs> it doesn't work that Tom, well. Tom say, Crier? Say Harold. Say Harold. Harold? Harold? Come on. Yeah. Harold? I forgot Harold? his name. I forgot his name, actually. Uh, you know Harold? Did you really? The Town Crier uh, is yeah. a blue man? No way. Yeah. No. Yep. For real? For real. That's the greatest piece of information we've released on this show. There you go. I love Insider. that show, by the way. What? Blue Man Group? Oh. It's fantastic. Yeah. One of my favorites on the show. There you go. Which uh, Do you know which one he is? Uh, no. He's blue. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. Uh, is, is, are you, is, is there a difference between them? Because I don't know. He's the blue one. No, that's, that's, okay. that's, that's the, the joke. You were supposed that, to say, uh, yeah, the he's blue the one? blue one. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I kind of panicked there because I thought I should know, but maybe I don't. <laughs> he's, he, if, 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 okay. If there's three blue men... In a room, yep. mm-hmm. you know what you do, Harold, what? and see which one looks. No, I, I feel like he he really is committed. Like, no, know, when he's when in character, when yeah. When you're blue, like I, I think you got to be committed to that bit hmm. right there. Yeah. Uh, Rangers. Uh, speaking of the blue shirts, uh, Rangers. Pavel Buchnevich suspended one game for high sticking after last night's. Uh, Game against the rematch against the Washington Capitals. Uh, it was uh, it was a legitimate high stick. <laughs> it was it was it was well earned. It it was certainly uh, it was certainly coming in that game for Pavel Buchnevich. He uh, he also gave Tom Wilson a nice two hand whack in uh, 
in the first period when Wilson was still in the game. And, and uh, you know, listen, it's interesting because I, I, you start looking through all the past um, – uh, rulings on plays, and you start to kind of parse through. And, and there was a, a cross check from Zdeno Chara to Brendan Gallagher last season that was a five thousand dollar fine and not a suspension. So um, I I think it's interesting when you kind of start to to look at all the different things. But listen, Pavel Buchnevich played that game last night on an edge and on a line, and um, the suspension's probably where where it needed to go for Pavel Buchnevich. Sidney Crosby, team MVP and the player's player. Uh, the Crosby's ninth team MVP recognition, trailing only Mario Lemieux, who won it 12 times for most in team history, also marks the captain's third player's player award. I guess that's the one that, uh, that the team uh, picks themselves. But uh, Sidney Crosby, team MVP. Yeah, it's pretty good. Not too, uh, not too shabby on, on that side of things. Uh, Cryer? Harold? <laughs> Chapman. Uh, Chapman. T- well, I, I want to hear Chapman say Greg one more time. Say it the way that you, you said it on the phone. Greg? Greg? Yeah. Like, why? Why do you add the the, the question mark? Upward inflection. Well, for I, I, I got to make sure I have the right number, right? Like, if I dialed oh, it wrong and it's not good. Greg and it's it's Tom... We should we should be past the point of, I need to make sure I got the right number. How about like, I... Hey, well, you, is Greg there? No, no. I, I figured it was a what cell up? phone. Uh, here's Dave, Gregory. Dave, <laughs> Dave Tippett of the Edmonton Oilers says, I'm going to play him like normal. He wants uh-huh. to be our leader. We're talking about getting our team game in order. He's the leader. He knows the responsibility of our team. It's no big deal to him if the 100 points happens, but I'm going to continue to play him. Who are we talking about? Connor? Yes. So that's great news, isn't it? That they're just—they're not going to rest Connor McDavid. They're going to play him, and not for the 100 points and that chase, mm-hmm. but to get their game in order. I mean, listen—you you, got to have—you got to feel good about your game. You got to feel confident going into the playoffs, and Connor McDavid has to score 100 points. So I see no—I see no problem with this. Uh, who would you rather play, Edmonton or Toronto? If you had a choice, if your team. X. Well, I I would choose neither one of those teams because I think that they're kind of the class of, of I know, but the, for this uh, exercise. You had to Yeah, I, I listen, I'm going to go I'm going to go Toronto because history says that Toronto will do something mm. that only Toronto could do yeah. and implode. Um and and I don't I, I think Connor McDavid is is on a different stratosphere. So, uh I'll go Toronto. Because Winnipeg and Montreal are kind of in the mix right now where they can just if they just tank it down the stretch they can yeah. they can decide to play Toronto instead of Edmonton now Winnipeg has fallen into a slump and they might want to get their game back in order and they had a good result last night but uh, it kind of uh, raised a question wonder which one you would want to play uh, Frederick Anderson played half of a American Hockey League game today they're trying to get him in the mix and those are your one-timers for this Thursday mayhem on Fox Sports Las Vegas we're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace.
We do remember, and we are looking forward to uh, feeling that again uh, this weekend with the Vegas Golden Knights against the St. Louis Blues coming up the high of beating the Minnesota Wild in overtime last night. Uh, we have uh, narrowed it down to four games left in the National Hockey League regular season for the VGK. Four-point lead over the Colorado Avalanche, who have five games left. Uh, do, you, do you think two and two gets it done, or do you, do you feel like three and one is the secret sauce? I, I'm going three and one. Yeah, that's a safe yeah. bet. Uh, Chris yeah. Chapman, uh, let's turn it over to you for catching up with Chapman. <laughs> so <laughs> recently, Rolling Stone released their top 100 sitcoms of, of all time. And, and this is one of those lists where, you know, generally when people release lists, they're always saying, oh, there's no way. This is one where I actually agree with what was the number one sitcom of all time. But... Uh, it, it has a, a, a hundred shows, some great shows like The Cosby Show, uh, 30 Rock, Black Adder. Those are some of my favorites. Kids shows like SpongeBob, Phineas and Ferb. Some of my guilty pleasures like The Golden Girls and Sex and the City. Shows I want to watch like Dairy Girls, Something Creek, which I won't say. Letter Kenny, which is a Canadian show I hear that's actually really good. And Ryan, I knew you never watched Letter Kenny. No, I've heard it's good. It's a hockey though. show. Yeah, I've heard it's really good. Ryan, I knew you were going to ask. So The Office came in at number 23. Seven oh. spots ahead of the UK version, which came in at 30. However, I was a little disappointed. Two of my favorites were missing, In Betweeners and Father Ted. Two of my, my favorite British television shows. Very, very funny. Of one of those. Yeah. Watch them. You won't be disappointed. They're, they're good. Uh, but um, number one yep. was arguably my favorite show of all time. MASH. So, no. MASH was uh, number six, I think. Hmm. But The Simpsons came oh. in at, at number one. Believe it or not, it started in 1989, still on the air. It's, I mean, all right. What are the top five? The top five were, and actually, I'm going to throw one more in here because we actually talked about it the other day. Coming in at number seven was the Mary Tyler Moore Show, but number Uh, six. Oh yeah, I got that wrong. By the way, Lou was the uh, was not uh, Ted Baxter. No, no, Uh, Ted Knight, I think, is who you're talking about. He was he was the uh, the 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 anchor man, but Mash number six. All in the Family, number five. I Love Ooh. Lucy, number four. Uh-huh. Seinfeld, three. Cheers, two, which I've actually never watched. And um, number one was The Simpsons. Okay. Um, it's a terrible list. We don't have enough time for me to explain why it's a terrible <laughs> list, but The Simpsons at the top is is the, the main reason. It's uh, a the fantastic is, show. The Simpsons is not a better show than I Love Lucy, and it's not even close. It's not even close. Not even close. I, oh, uh, and did you say that Sex in the City is a guilty pleasure of yours? I love that show, yeah. Okay, is Mr. Big charming? I don't mind Mr. Big, but I don't find him charming. Yeah, he's not charming. No. That's all I got. I don't mind uh, Sex in the City. That's a good show. I'm not sure whether Ryan was in favor or not. No, 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 no. I, I, it was just, it was just a, a lead into the question about Mr. Big. Oh, okay. You just wanted to yep. go down there. Uh, that was fun today, Greg Wyshynski. Greg, we thank him for joining <laughs> us. Uh, we'll chat with you tomorrow from T-Mobile ahead of the Blues and the Golden Knights.